Just Our Real Estate, episode number 207. All right, guys, welcome to Just Our Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host. If you've never been here before, welcome to the show. If you're coming back for more, if you're a return listener, welcome back. I have a great show for you today, and I can't wait to dive into it. But before I do, I just have one question for you. Are you putting off starting your real estate investing business because you just don't know where to start? You don't know what to do. You have some questions, some pieces to the puzzle that you just can't figure out. Do you need help? Do you need questions answered? I've got the solution for you. Go to juststartrealestate.com. On the right-hand side, there is a link for the Fail Fast Flipping Program. This is a program that I wholeheartedly endorse and I am a part of. It is run by Justin Williams over at House Flipping HQ, and Justin asked me to be a part of it a couple of months ago, and I agreed because this program is like none other. Guys, I've talked about it on past shows. I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. If you haven't heard me, go over to juststartrealestate.com on the right-hand side. Click on the link for Fail Fast Flipping. Go read about it. Check it out. There's a money-back guarantee. You absolutely have nothing to lose. I highly, highly suggest you check it out. If there's anything about this business that you've been wondering or if you're having trouble getting started, it will absolutely solve the problem for you. Okay, enough of that. Let's dive into the show. All right, guys, welcome to today's Quick Point episode. I appreciate you being here. I'm going to dive right into it. Today, we're going to talk about finding the right target market. And this is a question that I've been asked recently. How do I know what the right target market is for me? How do I know what my farm market should be? Some people call it. Or how do I know where I should be investing? What types of houses? What areas? What cities? How do I know? Where do you start? Okay, I'm going to answer the question for you. I'm going to give you the best answer that I can give. And this is the same answer I've given people very recently. How do you find the best target market? I've broken it down into six different things that you need to consider when trying to decide what your target market's going to be. Okay, number one is cost, right? Let's say you live in a town where houses cost, I don't know, I guess it really depends on the city to whether or not what's considered expensive. But let's say you live in an expensive neighborhood. Let's just say for you in your area, $500,000 is a, is a very expensive house. It's just beautiful new house, you know, 3000 square foot, four to five bedrooms, two to three bathrooms, just really, really nice, big house, right? Let's say that's $500,000. Now, should you be looking to invest in that neighborhood? Well, I don't know. How much money do you have to invest? Do you have $500,000 or, you know, do you have $300,000 and then another 50,000 or 75,000 to put into the rehab? Like is that your price range? Is that where you think you're comfortable that you can either raise the money or come up with the money yourself or borrow the money from a bank or a lending institution or, you know, a uh, a hard money lender in order to buy houses in the neighborhood? If that number is just astronomically high for you, then the answer is no, you shouldn't be buying in that neighborhood, right? That's one of the considerations. If you have, you know, between yourself and maybe a buddy or a family member or a pri another private in investor, or you think that you could, you know, maybe borrow, uh, you know, $100,000 all in, 100 grand, you have maybe 10 or 15,000 and, you know, you can come up with the other 85,000. Well, then, then that's the types of houses and that's the price range you need to be looking. So you need to take that number, whatever it is that you can afford to invest or that you can raise and use that as part of your criteria for finding a neighborhood. 
you can't pick the neighborhood and then realize that you can't afford to buy any of the houses that are for sale in that neighborhood. That doesn't work, right? You have to be able to afford it. So cost is one of the considerations. It's one of the six that I'm going to talk about today. So when I first started out, I didn't have a lot of money at all. And I, I had no way of getting money. I didn't know how to raise it. I didn't know anything. I went to a bank to get a loan for the first house that I bought. And it was a $40,000 house. And we put $15,000 with a rehab. We had the 15000 ourselves. I mean, we had to scrape it together from different sources that we had. But we came up with the 15000 to rehab it. And we paid 40000 It was a mortgage for that first house, right? That's how we had to do it. Now, if that house would have cost $340,000, we never would have got it. We couldn't have gotten it. There's no way we could have afforded that. We wouldn't have got approved for it, the whole nine yards. So we worked within the parameters that we had. We found a city in our area that was, that was you know, a, a decent market, and that's the one we went for because we could afford it, right? So sometimes it's going to be dictated a little bit by the financing that you have in place or you know, if you're going to wholesale it and, and you're thinking, I don't care, I don't have to be able to afford it, I'm just going to wholesale it to somebody. Well, if you put the offer down and it gets accepted and you can't find someone to buy it, you may have to finance that house at least until you can flip it. So you may end up having to close on it. It's not like if you go to wholesale, you never have to ever close. Sometimes you might. The only alternative to that is if you default on a purchase agreement, walk away. You'll lose earnest money and you'll you know, definitely lose credibility if you do it too much. So it's conceivable that you would have to finance a house, even if you're planning on wholesaling it. So you want to make sure that you have financing in place. That's for sure. Okay. That's number one. Number two, you want to look at the activity in that area, right? Are houses staying on the market for six, eight, nine months, a year without being sold? That's not a very hot market. That's not going to make it very easy for you to sell once you renovate the house and go to flip it. Or if you are a wholesaler and you want to you know, flip it to an investor. Investors aren't, you know, maybe working in that area so much because it's just not a, a hot market. So you want to look at the activity houses, you know, in a market that are selling within the first 30 days or the first, you know, two weeks, 30 days, or maybe even 45 days. Those are the markets that you want to be in the hotter markets where houses are turning over faster, right? So cost is one consideration we talked about, but also how hot is that market? How active is that market, right? Activity is important. You need to know that when you buy a house and renovate it, that it is going to sell and sell relatively quickly. A house that sits on the market for eight, nine months to a year, you'll get killed in the holding costs, just killed, depending on your financing and how much interest you're paying or however you have that worked out, plus, you know, in uh, insurance, um, taxes, utilities, all these things will just completely eat up your profits. So you want to be able to turn houses fast, especially when you're flipping them. So you need to know that the market is going to, you know, be hot enough for you to do that. Okay. So that's number two. Number three, proximity. Now, when I say proximity, I mean proximity to where you live, work, play, spend most of your time, when you're new, when you're a new investor, right? I don't suggest that you start investing outside of your state or outside of a, a, a radius around your house. And maybe that radius is an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours at the most. I don't suggest new investors, especially try to flip a house long distance. You know, when you're new, it's hard enough to flip a house that's, you know, 15 minutes down the road. You don't want to try to flip a house that's in another state or, you know, even another country. I don't think that that's smart. I don't think that's a wise use of your 
of your time and your money and your energy because you need to learn this business before you start trying to get fancy enough to flip outside of your, your local area. Some people do it and they do it very successfully. Very few new investors do it successfully. So be a little bit careful. Now, there's exceptions to this. If you're going to do a buy and hold strategy and you know that your area, your state, your market is just not a great buy and hold market and you can find somebody outside of your area that you trust, that you know has knowledge and experience to get the job done and you want to partner with them, maybe you have money but you know they live in the right area, that makes sense. I do that, right? So I, I, I'm definitely not going to bash doing that because I, I do that. I, I work with investors outside of Michigan and we partner on buy and hold properties, right? It makes sense. But if you're new, you're on your own, you're not working with anybody and you're trying to buy or flip houses from a very long distance, you're asking for trouble. So proximity to where you live, you need to come up with the amount of time or the distance that you're willing to travel to look at a house consistently, right? If you're going to flip a house, you can't go out there when you buy it and then go out there once it's fully renovated. You need to be there during the process to make sure things are going right. They're getting done on time, on budget, that the contractors are showing up. So proximity to you is key. Okay, number four, uh, high-low prices. All right, I'm, I'm calling this high-low prices. What it is, is what I mean is um, you want to look for markets, for targets, areas, cities, um, counties that have a you know a, a large discrepancy between purchase price of of houses that are in distress versus sale price of fully renovated houses right if the low end house right the foreclosure type you know level house is selling for a hundred thousand dollars and fully renovated houses are selling for a hundred and ten or a hundred and fifteen thousand dollars that's not a good market. That's not a good market to be in. You'll never make money. You want to find markets that have a very, 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 very large gap between foreclosure price and fully updated price. You know, something like a foreclosure price of, you know, $50,000 and a fully renovated, up to date, top notch house of maybe a sale price of $150,000, right? That's a good spread. You're going to make money there. Or, you know, maybe that's a sliding thing, right? So if you're in California or some other market, maybe it's a purchase price of, you know, $300,000 versus a versus a $450,000 sale price, right? Maybe that's the number, but you get what I'm saying. You just don't you want to make sure that 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 um uh the the REO price, right? The the foreclosure price and the ultimate you know, end sale price of that fully rehabbed house is not too close, right? If you only have a ten or fifteen thousand dollar margin between those two numbers, how can you ever make money? If you're going to buy it for one hundred and ten, and you're going to put twenty or thirty thousand dollars into it, well, it has to be worth more than one fifteen or one twenty, or you're not going to make money. You're going to lose money, right? You need to have those those large spreads between low and high. So that high-low price is important, and, and your realtor can help you do that research through the MLS, right? They can tell you what markets are have a, have a huge gap between low-end and high-end and houses. So look for that. Talk to your realtor. Make sure you understand that about your target market. Okay, the, uh, the next thing, one, two, three, four, the fifth thing is what I'm calling density. Now, when I say density, I mean how densely populated the area is. If you're in a rural area, you know, you, you it is what it is. That's where you live. If there's a, a, a more 
um, populated town or county near you, that might be where you want to look to invest. The reason I say that is because, A, number one, it's there's going to be more reliable comps. So when you're trying to figure your ARV, it's very difficult to do in rural areas where there's not many comps that you can pull from. But when you're, when you're in a very densely populated town or a densely populated neighborhood even, there's usually a lot more comps, right? A lot more comparables to look at of houses sold around the house that you bought. So you know with a lot of certainty, with a, with a you know, you can just be very sure that your comps are going to be good comps when you're trying to figure out your ARV. And then when you go to sell, you know what it should sell for, right? And that comes with, with a, an area being densely populated. And that's why I'm talking about density. I'm very, very nervous and I'm very skeptical of buying houses that are just out in the country, right? Like I said, if you're out in the country and there isn't a house anywhere near you for, you know, hours and hours and hours, well, then that's where you are and that's where you have to work. Those are the parameters you're in. That's fine. It could be done. It's just not ideal. If you're in an area where that's a little bit more out in the country, but 15 minutes away is a, is a town that has a, you know, a lot of subdivisions and a lot of houses and it's very you know predictable real estate, that might be where you want to consider investing. A, there's going to be a lot more opportunities to buy houses in those areas because there's more houses for sale. And B, the comps, the comparables, the market analysis is going to be a lot more accurate in those kind of areas. So I highly suggest that you, at least in the beginning, you try to flip houses in areas that are a little bit more densely populated. Okay, finally, number six, you want to flip houses or invest in houses in areas that you're familiar with, right? How well do you know the area? The reason that matters is because if you're flipping houses in, in an area that you're not familiar with, you could end up buying properties in undesirable neighborhoods, right? If you don't know the neighborhoods and you don't know, you know, maybe where the crime neighborhoods neighborhoods are or, you know, what neighborhoods are a little bit safer or more conducive to families, all these things come into play. You want to have some knowledge of the area. Now, there are experienced investors, really successful investors, who will buy houses anywhere, right? Anywhere that they can find, uh, you know, buy it for low enough and have an ARV that's high enough where there's a spread they can make money, they'll buy it and they'll figure it all out afterward, right? That's fine. That's good for them. It's even smart in some instances, but not for new investors, right? Not for the majority of the people listening to this podcast are relatively new or very, very new. And the last thing I want you to do is start buying houses in cities and in neighborhoods that you have no knowledge of. It always helps in the beginning to know your target market like the back of your hand. Study it. Know it. Understand what the average house price is in that neighborhood. Understand the school systems, right? Where are the good schools? Where are the bad schools? Where are the crime areas? Where are the non-crime areas? You need to know these things so that when you're buying houses, you know if you could have a potential problem trying to sell it because it's in a bad school district. It's in you know an unsafe neighborhood. These are the things that you need to know. If you choose to buy the house in an unsafe neighborhood or a bad school area, that's fine. That's up to you. But at least you know going in what you're getting into. You know it's better than finding out after you buy the house that you know there was a you know there's several murders on that street or you know the school system is just the worst in the state where you are. You want to have this information going forward. So being familiar with the area is key. Okay, guys, 
I've given you a lot to think about. I've talked about six things that you need to know, you need to be aware of when you're trying to pick your target market. Good luck to you. Go out there and pick a good market. If you really pick a great market and you have you know, a densely populated area, some people make an entire career out of just flipping houses or just investing in houses or just wholesaling houses in one part of one town. It can be done if you know it well enough it makes it a lot easier. Okay, that's all I have for today. Okay guys, until tomorrow, if flipping houses and real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start.